Hello and a very warm welcome to episode 62 of the Sussex by the Sea podcast, a podcast about all things Hastings United. I'm your host Chris Laverick and on today's show we have fan shout outs, the return of Tim's takes, we speak with former long-term chairman and life member of Hastings United, Dave Nestling about the, the sad loss of Pete Eastman and we get in depth the massive impact that Pete Eastman had on, on, on East Sussex football and on our club. And then we go over to an extended SBTS fan roundtable. This week we talk another great week for the U's, for both the men and the women's team, how the promotion and playoff places are shaping up, and then on to the time kiln situation. All of this in the company of CEO Biddywood. And now we're over to the SBTS fan shout outs. This shout out comes from Jake Daniels, who's the lead coach at our pre-academy. This Saturday, those fans that arrive early will see some of our pre-academy kids having a training session on the hallowed pilot field pitch. These kids will be moving up to our under sevens next season, and these lucky kids will be player mascots for our game on Saturday. So give them a clap and a cheer if you can use fans. And here's another shout out. This time, it's from all of us use fans to Defender Ollie Black who suffered a very nasty injury last week and had to unfortunately spend a few days in hospital as well. Ollie, we're all hoping you heal up soon, chap. And the last shout out comes from John Gale. He wanted to mention the immensely sad passing of Pete Eastman. For newer fans, it's hard to put into words the influence on local East Sussex football and our club this man's had. And that leads very nicely into our interview with former long-term chairman and life member of Hastings United, Dave Nestling and his memories of Pete Eastman. I have the great, the great pleasure of having uh, Dave Nestling here, who has not only been a player, he's been vice chairman, treasurer, long-term chairman and life member of this, of this great club. I'm speaking to him in um, tragic circumstances because Pete Eastman has passed away and I wanted to get Dave on to kind of talk about Pete as I've had quite a number of fans get in contact and try to find out more about him. Who I mean, he's got a massive thumbprint in East Sussex football. I mean, I'm only scratching the surface here, really, Dave. I suppose the first thing to say is that he was my brother-in-law. Um, oh, I'm married to Peter's sister, but I classed him as a close friend over many, 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 many years, going way, way back, probably 40 or 50 years. I mean, Peter, Peter first came um, into prominence with football, cricket, and a load of other sports. He, he worked um, at Chandler's Printers in Bexhill, and uh, from there, he went to the Hastings Observer, again as a printer, so printing was his trade. He ended up really with his commencement of football playing for Observer Athletic. Now, Observer Athletic used to play in the Hastings League and they played on the Observer football field, which was the one behind the boss and is now uh, covered by the Abbotsfield Close housing development. And the Observer Athletic had their tennis courts, bowling green, cricket in the summer and a football pitch in the winter. And Peter played there with his brothers, Bob and John, certainly on the cricket side, but Peter played particularly in the football team, which was a strong football team in those days. He, he also uh, was a lifelong fan for his sins of Wolverhampton Wanderers and, and always followed them from a young age. 
despite their ups and downs. Mm. So he he came through in local sport and he, he went he went from there to Hastings United. He was spotted by Hastings United playing for Observer Athletic. And he went to Hastings United and he got into their Metropolitan League side, which were playing teams like Arsenal Reserves, Spurs Reserves, West Ham Reserves, etc. And he could be seen flying down the wing at the pilot field. In those days, I was in the under-18 side at the pilot field that played in the Kent Youth League. So that's really where my first relationship with Peter came from. He was affectionately nicknamed by his colleagues, and I think this actually came from the late Joe White, as Whippet. And that, that name seemed to follow him through his football career, and he was called Whippet simply because he used to go down the wing at a great pace of knots. When he eventually left Hastings United, and he played some Southern League games as well, I believe, but mostly he was in the Metropolitan League side. He had spells at Rye, Rye United, Sidley United and Bexhill Town in the Football League. And then when he retired, he took over his first job in management on a local league side called PAC. Now, PAC were a side that sort of had started to develop young players and players such as the late Chrissy Tutton, Mark Baldwin, Martin Cousins, and others such as Tommy Boyle, Gary Wilkins, all came through that PAC side. And because he was doing well with PAC, that attracted back the attention of Hastings United to him. Of course, this is the old Hastings United that eventually went to the wall in July 1985. And they asked him if he would go and run the... Um, reserve side at Hastings and take all his PAC players with him. This he did, and he, he had a successful few years running the reserve side at Hastings United. Uh, it would probably have been in something like the Anglian League, um, oh which, which was known in those days. But because he was doing so well there, Hastings Town, or Hastings and St Leonard's, yeah. which the original club was, that played at the top pitch of the pilot field and then went to Bulverhive after that. We're looking for a new manager um, to replace Mick Piper. And they'd seen that Hastings was doing well with the, with the reserve side managed by Peter. And they also saw that uh, there were a lot of young players coming through that group. Mm. So they made an approach to Peter, unbeknown to them, at the same time, Bexhill Town were approaching Peter to be their reserve team manager. Uh, sorry, to be their assistant manager of their first team. Well, Peter was particularly attracted by the fact that he wanted to get into first team management in his own right. Mm. So he took the job with Hastings and St Leonard's, who were languishing with me in goal, incidentally, in the lower reaches of the Sussex County League Division 2, playing at Bulverhive. He took over from myself and Mick Creed, who were managing the club on a uh, sort of temporary basis as joint managers. Mick Creed was a centre-half and was very, very well known in local football, both Saturdays and Sundays. So Peter took over and he took us from the lower echelons to the high-up echelons of the league in the first season, and that was in about 1977. 
he was attracted particularly by the plans the club had to return to new facilities at the top pitch of the pilot field with a view to getting into County League mm. Division One. In his second season, whilst still developing the top pitch of the pilot field, he took the club to almost promotion, just missed out in the last few games of the season. But all that time, he and the fellow committee members, including myself uh, and Ronnie Moth at the top pitch of the pilot field, were instrumental in developing the facilities there. And in the following season, we returned to the top pitch of the pilot field. During the summer, Peter went right all out to strengthen the squad of players further. And that season, we won County League Division Two plus other silverware, and we were promoted to County League Division One. At the end of the season, the club arranged a trip to Florida for, for the squad, the families, the committee, and we went to Florida. And an amusing story in connection with that is Peter and his wife, Jill, who passed away about three or four years ago, didn't like the idea of flying. And he never flew again after that. We had a wonderful time in Florida, led by him, had a couple of games of football with him managing. I think we were away for three weeks and, you know, a wonderful time was had by all. Yeah. When, when we uh, returned to the UK, we were obviously going to commence our season in Sussex County League Division 1 at the top pitch of the pilot field by that top, which had re been renamed by the club as the Furs. Mm. I think we had two or three seasons in County League Division 1. And then in early, to, well, probably at the end of the first quarter in 1985, there were all these announcements that Hastings United was in financial difficulty and that this was being caused by the social club that had been built, the squash club that had been built, and they couldn't, couldn't meet their liabilities. They decided to liquidate and we then negotiated with Hastings Borough Council to go back to the pilot field, which Hastings and St Leonard's incidentally had played on before Hastings United came in, into being as a mm. professional club in uh, about 1948, something like that, after the war. So we returned to the pilot field and obviously the story has gone on from there. Peter was by that time chairman of the club and we appointed Joe White and Jack Dalton as his assistant as the first managers and we were accepted to replace Hastings United in the Southern League. We had a number of good seasons with um, Peter as uh, chairman and we did quite well in the Southern League, getting promoted in the end in about 19, I think it was about 91, something like mm. that. Peter was a life member of Hastings United and he, he cherished that position. Hastings United had really is the former Hastings and St Leonard's and then Hastings Town, but it's now renamed Hastings United. He also had a very, very successful spell 
in the Sunday Football League. First as a player with London Trader way back. That must have been lively. Yeah, London Trader. I played with him at London Trader, where where people like Joe White were playing. Mm. Um, He then, uh, after that, became manager of Westfield Plough. And again, I played for him there, as did Peter Petkovic, Chrissy Tutt, Mark Baldwin, and a number of the former PAC and Hastings players, including such as Malcolm Streeter. And we won the local Sunday League and we won a number of cup competitions, including the, the Sussex Club. He also, in his 50s, when he was in his 50s, um, played with his son-in-law for the Hastings Town Sunday League side. And he that and that team was managed by Conky White, who who died a short time ago himself. I mean, Peter was very well known and, and respected in Sussex football support circles. He gave great committed service to the football fraternity of Hastings over many years. He loved talking football with his happiest hours on the football front, probably being football chat that took place in the clubhouse over a beer after a match. Excellent, excellent stuff. Uh, and he... And he I mean, I can tell you another funny story about him. Mm. He was always one for Peter to be, because he ended up running his own Eastman dry lining business, which his son Michael now continues to run. Mm. And I can remember it very well back in November, the 15th of November, 1969. Yeah. Now, people are saying, what date is that? Well, Peter was always one to get the best he could. And he had a house in Mount Pleasant Road, and I, I remember it as if it was yesterday. He bought a colour television. Oh. And the reason he bought a colour television is because Match of the Day went colour <laughs> on the 15th of November, 1969. And we all gathered at his house to watch it, family and friends. Oh. That was the type of bloke he was. Yeah. Oh, uh, Dave, I mean, in terms of the uh, service... I mean, is there any way any of the any of the Hastings fans can give their respects to Pete and his family, or any way they can leave messages of um, uh, condolence? Well, I, I think uh, one of the issues at the moment is because he died so suddenly, they're waiting for a post mortem. Okay. So we don't we don't as yet even have a date for the funeral. Okay. Obviously, that will be announced in due course. But I would think some form of book of condolence or remembrance that they could sign maybe at the club or online might be something that uh, you could think about. Well, I, I, I'm on the supporters club, so I can definitely um, I'll get on that. I'll get on that. I, I expect the club will no doubt have a minute silence or a minute's applause at one of the forthcoming games. Yeah, they have, they've got for this Saturday. Yeah, yeah. The, the minutes of applause. Well, listen, uh, Dave, thank you very much for those kind words. Take care and uh, have no a good problem. afternoon. Take care. Okay, bye. Cheers, chat. And let's pop over and hear Tim's take. What a great weekend for Hastings United. That's a fantastic second half performance at Cray. Very enjoyable watching. Went up to Acorns today to see our top of the table clash with the team that at the moment have only lost one game um, prior to the game and that was our the home game to us and the first half was very even um, both sides 
looked really useful. Um, Acorns went 1-0 up and then they conceded a goal. It was an own goal, but due to good concerted pressure. And then just leading up to half-time, the ref gave a slightly controversial penalty against us when two players going for the ball, um, they sort of crossed and the Acorns player went down at the merest touch on the edge of the area, nowhere near the goal. In fact, she was running away from goal. Penalty given, which I thought was a bit harsh. And Blair and goal saved the first penalty, but he ordered it to be retaken because um, I think um, he thought Blair was a bit off the line and the second penalty was dispatched. So half-time, 2-1 down. Um, but just like um, our men's team, we got sort of right on top in the second half and, and played really well. And we scored a fantastic equaliser through Georgia Tibble, whose left foot came up trumps. And then another one of her left foot, I think it was a corner or a free kick, I think, on the side, went straight, you know, it looks as though it's going straight in. But I, I think one of our Hastings players got a touch. I think it may have been um, Claire Johnson to make it 3-2. And then it's tense because an equaliser from Acorns would have put them in a really good position in the league. So, yeah, we had a few scares at the back, but generally we were the better team. And then after some good runs down the right wing from uh, Sean Heather, yeah, she, she really um, put in some good runs and crosses. Uh, we got a goal right at the end through Molly Hill. And, yeah, obviously there are great celebrations after that. And I thought it was a bit chaotic then because Acorns decided they'd kick off with all our players, including Blair, our goalkeeper, in a big heap at one end. Um, and they they were thought they, they could just walk the ball into the net with um, all our players otherwise engaged. But thankfully the ref put a stop to all that nonsense. And we ended up winning 4-2, which it was a fantastic result for us. It was an all-weather pitch um, in at just a, in outside Three Bridges yeah, and quite a good surface, school surface, and um, it's good. Good number of Hastings supporters there, uh, which was good to see. And it's a high-quality match. Had a, Billy was very upbeat at the end. You know, it's very obviously thoroughly enjoyed it, as did all our players and supporters. Yeah, I had a word with the ref after the game and all on good terms. But, yeah, he thought it was a very good standard game for the referees in the league above. And he said that's one of the um, two of the best sides he's refereed, which was good to hear. So the league position now is really it's ours for, to lose. We've still got quite a few games to play. But if we win all of them and assuming Acorns and Ashford win all of their games, you know, we'll finish... Um, ahead of one point ahead of Acorns because now we've beaten them twice in the league. Tough game next week coming up away to Herm Bay who are fourth in the table. They're, they're a good side. Yeah, I might make the trip up to the Kent Coast to see if we can repeat our men's win there earlier on in the season. Yeah, it was a, certainly a great weekend for Hastings with two brilliant wins. And now over to the SBTS Fan Roundtable. We talked the week that was the promotion and playoff shake-up, and of course the situation as it is with our proposed move to Tyne Kiln. And a big shout-out to Andy, Malcolm, John, Leon, Howard, and of course CEO Billy Wood 
for making it happen. Can you sing yellow for us? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's John, isn't it? Uh, yeah. You can't, yeah. Tell, can't you tell by the, the, the lack of hair? Oh, now I can see him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Both wisps. That's harsh. That's hard. Billy, Billy, they're already burying John's hair. It's, it's only been oh, a couple of minutes. God. It's always the follically challenge that make uh, those sort of jokes, isn't it? That's why I'm wearing yeah. hats. Just get it shaved off. Just get it shaved off. John, it looks Pop. lovely, mate. Don't worry about that. I'll be in tears if I lost Thank my hair. Thank you, Leon. Thank you. Oh, I did, I did read myself. Up. I had a dream I lost my hair last night. <laughs> Especially after after this weekend. Cool. I'm going to have a few greys in the next couple of days, I'm sure. If you do lose your hair, Billy, what I'd recommend is is a armpit transplants. It's worked Reckon. really well for me. I'm, I'll, I'll be off to Turkey. You'll see this massive new booth on. <laughs> like, what's happened to Billy? <laughs> I think, yeah, John, yours worked about as successfully as that bloke with the pig's heart. <laughs> no, no, he he got a few years, didn't he? Or was it a few months? Two weeks. No, quite, <laughs> although, no, I, I was going to say something about the... Go on, you started now. Go on. I can no, edit it out, mate. Don't worry. It sounds, <laughs> sounds too cool. I was thinking of at the crematorium that people fancied bacon sandwiches afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> You really are quite evil, you are, Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. Right, so we've got Leon, Flat White Andy, Howard. This yeah. is your first time on, mate. So please, like we ask everyone who comes on this show, when did you first fall in love with Hastings? Oh, uh, probably back in the, around 2003, maybe, when St. Leonard's FC sort of uh, just disappeared. I didn't have any other club to go to. You I went, went to Cray. Down the you road. went to Cray Wanderers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Um, what, you're saying, what you're saying is that we were better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, can you just well, confirm, were you, were you, was there a break in your tour schedule with Coldplay? <laughs> um, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Well Don't done. worry, you're not, you're not you're not taking part in the pinnacle of broadcasting. <laughs> you, you noticed already, Howard. Go I on. had a little bit of broadcast, you know, at Hastings United a, a few months back when, um, you know, we had COVID, and I was just talking about like the jabs and things, and it was a great incentive by Billy Wood to get people all all vaccinated up um, for like you know, everyone's safety at the time. And I was glad to have it done, really. Um, I'm, very, I'm very thankful for Billy Wood for doing that because I had sh- struggles to get my booster jab, you know, my third one. Mm. Billy Wood gave uh, me the jab. That's what I'm saying. They, they were old <laughs> Billy gave me a jab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could have done that. <laughs> he, probably, he, he probably did give me a jab, to be honest. <laughs> Oh, what do you mean you got on the BBC thing? Was like the the, the the local people were filming. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um. So the BBC turned up, and I I, I did that. That's my first thing. I think no, is it my first or second time I've been on TV? Probably second, I think. Mm. But a lot of people mistake me for looking like Chris Martin from Coldplay. So no, no, <laughs> they don't do they? You, you don't. You don't think? Oh, they do. Yeah, they do. Oh. 
Well, that won't happen at all. Billy, Billy didn't do my jab, but yeah, I think he did my prostate check when they were doing that. <laughs> uh, moving on from that, we've all got uh, Malcolm, father of Craig Stone, the wonderful Wills, and of course, Billy Wood, CEO. Thanks very much for coming on. It's always enjoyable. Um, John, I think I did that examination behind the goal at Ashford, so I, I hope you're okay now. I just wish you'd warmed your hands. <laughs> <laughs> should, have a, should have a cup of tea beforehand. Yeah. <laughs> John John loves the cold finger of injustice. Mm. So we we first of all we, what we got to speak about first is the great win at Cray, pa- Panic Station's first half. I thought we, you know, I really worried the first half that, that we were second best, but second half with some great substitutions. Um, obviously, Sam Hasler was was superb. I mean, Tom Chalmers was dancing past people. I mean, I. Uh, Second half was just a completely different game, and we won, and it was beautiful and lovely, and there was great celebrations. Who wants to start off on it? I thought it was just a game of two halves. I genuinely at half time, being one nil down, because look, Cray, Cray, a decent side. There's no denying that some of the talent, you know, has you know has a Ibrahim is you know a top top midfielder, and the Edgar as well. They've got some great players there. Um, but I felt that the actual pitch and the, the dip in the, the pitch really, it was like on a little bit of a hill. You didn't really notice as you go into the ground, but if you actually look at their main stand, you can see that it's actually quite quite steep. And you could tell when the lads were coming out, defending and such, and having to get back up the pitch, it, was, it seemed quite hard to get out. And to go in that, going at 1-0 down, I thought, wasn't really a bad thing because I just had a feeling that with a couple of changes in shape, we could really take it to them second half. And we did. And I think it was, from my point of view, another, another, another factor, another bit of proof on, on why we're where we are this season. Because we've actually dug deep so often now, especially since Gary's taken over, and we've really, really driven forward. And we have that belief every every single week that we can win the game of football. Sitting but what sitting born away like low, like loads of games this season. We've just dug deep and and kept going, and we we did it again. And I think it was a deserved victory. Mm. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Uh, Andy, do you want to kick in on that? Yeah, the, the slope of the pitch was really marked, actually, wasn't it? It was, uh, I haven't seen a pitch like that since sort of um, my Sunday league days, I don't think. It has to be said. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with the half-time thing. I was about 40 minutes to go. I was uh, 40 minutes gone. I was just thinking, just get us in at 1-0. That's, that's the, I'm just thinking, this lot will be, and they've played so well. They played so well. We... We seemed to sit back and that five at the back almost left too much space between the... They were sort of arriving between the halfway line and the penalty area, almost unchallenged. And the law of averages meant they were probably going to score. And I thought they'd probably be quite annoyed at only having scored one in the first half, given their dominance. And we sort of got away with it. Yet again, we saw Gary and, and John and the team make a decisive substitution and change, didn't we? And that's... How many times have we said that now? Yeah. And it's, I, I love that. I love that. I, th- I think having worked for so many bosses who have spent their whole lives avoiding issues, it's so nice to, <laughs> in the world of business, he said in inverted commas, um, it's such a core, the way that he really bites the bullet and it was, it was great. And I was surprised he took Ryan off. 
that was a brave decision again and and leaving um kp on and pushing him out and sticking sam hasler in there and sam i was really pleased for him actually because i think he's had a bit of a frustrating time i get the feeling he's had a frustrating time the past few weeks although he did well at sitting born and he came on and made a real difference and and those left foot crosses um just unplayable absolutely unplayable and that and and aside from that the whole team nori scott went back into into his right position everything just fell back into place and the whole team just picked up and yet again we saw a team sort of lose heart against us in the in the second half because hastings brought on that feeling of inevitability about mm. it and that's the thing again we've seen that just that inevitability that they promote and everyone begins to feel it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but yeah, the goals were simple, but yeah, the crosses were, were abs- just the standout point of the, of the second half for me. The quality of those balls in was outstanding and everyone, Craig and the boys at the back really totally soaked everything up in the second half as well. Just, it was, it was, it, it was pretty solid. Yeah, really, really good, really good. And it was great. I enjoyed the occasion, actually. The little group that was there, it was um, good fun before the game in the paddock there. And nice to meet up with Malcolm at last and have a good chat. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I really enjoyed the occasion as much as the, as much as the game. Malcolm? Uh, yeah, I, I I think it was. Um, I mean, Billy sat in there to stand the same same as I did in the first half, and uh, I think those behind the goal couldn't see how much of a slope it was. Um, towards the end of the second half, um, I went behind the goal, and I thought this this doesn't look like the slope that I'd seen from the stand or from the side. Um, I think that played a big part. They obviously know the pitch very well, play on it. Uh, every other week um, but I was always confident um, that the second half obviously going down that massive slope that we would uh, we would come up with the goods you know and it um, I could understand the change of formation because we didn't have to win um, mm. and they had to come at us and the idea was sort of to pick them off let them come out, come at us um, and just sit and soak it up and pick them off with that but I think there was um if I'm overcritical, I think there was too many players that were out of position that weren't quite sure. I, I don't think Nori knew how to play the 10. There wasn't the room for him to play in a 10. Um, and the ball sort of bypassed him a lot. Um, and the same with Ryan. I could understand why he took Ryan off. Ryan likes to work in front of a back four or just in front of the back three, if you like. But there wasn't the room for him to work. Um, and he he didn't move the ball quick enough if you zoom. I mean, without the players being straight onto him, um, you had the wind, that slope and everything like that. By the time the ball got to him and he had time to think and play, they were on him and took the ball off him. And it was um, when we reverted back, I think, to let's go back to what we know um, and what everybody knows, it, We the confidence came back. I'm, I'm not sure the players had the confidence um, in what they were actually doing early part of the first half. Um, but yeah, it was a. I certainly enjoyed the the occasion. It was good to meet Andy. Um, you know, rather than just be a face on my uh, on my laptop. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was. It's 
the hardest part is to get over the line when you're um, at this time of the season. And if we just keep getting games like that and picking up three points, the line will come. You know, and it's um, that's you can see it. There's there's a lot of boys there um, that have never been in this position before, and you know it's um, it's all part of their learning process, and um, you know going in experience, and they'll get over that line. And you can see how the players as well. The last few weeks, each win has meant more and more and more to them because I think that's one more out of the way, you know, and you see the, the celebrations and that at the end. Um, it's great to see. Excellent, Malcolm. John? Yeah, for, for me, the worst part of the day was meeting up with Andy. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, we, we could, I picked myself from Canterbury a few weeks ago and we couldn't get to um, Chichester. So we we watched the Cray v Ashford um, or Ashford Cray, should I say. And it, it was a very similar sort of structure to the game, really. Cray, Cray in that game, they had a good first half. They got some very capable players in midfield. They they passed the ball about very nicely. There just doesn't seem quite the cutting edge up front. Um, and then, like the Ashford game, I thought on Saturday, we just turned things about. And we 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 didn't lose faith in our game, and and um, there was it was good to see once again the value of of Jack Dixon there in midfield setting the example, putting the tackles in, and and really just we wore them down, um, and yeah, it was it was fantastic, and I just wanted to to kind of when you when you follow a team. It's it's so good to know there's this kind of mutual respect and and you can see that with the players how much they appreciate the fans making the effort and all the expense and effort that goes into going to away matches but there's a real unity there between the players and the fans and and that's that's much appreciated from our side of things as well. Well, we got a, we got a shower from Ben Pope, didn't we? We did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was the goalie's water. He loves the goalie's water, water again, was yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. The holy goalie water. I think I've um, I've said it before, John. Um, you know, and speaking for Craig, it's all about the fans, and certainly at Hastings, you know, then players don't want to go out there and play in front of, you know, fifty people that are not really interested. Um, and they all, every one of them players love playing in front of, you know, a large crowd and the crowd at Hastings. It's, um, you know, it's what, it's what players at that standard crave for, really. It's an attractive thing for us as a club yeah. when, we can, when we can kind of attract, let's just say, attract players to the club. A lot of thing is, well, do you want to play in front of 100 people, 200 people, or do you want to play in front of 1,400 people at the pilot field? That's right. Yeah. If, yeah, if, if you want to, you know, I, I genuinely believe uh, like John calls it the 12th man, some of the players call it the 12th man and stuff like that. But you guys behind the goal and, you know, everyone on match days, what you guys do is just, is unreal. Like I thought the support at Cray was the best. I, I think it, it was better than Ashford. We, we were literally for 90 minutes, we were singing. It was unreal. Yeah. Even one nil down, didn't stop. Carrying on, and it just it does it drives the lads on. 
And honestly, my favourite away day this year was Cray Valley PM, even bigger than Ashford for me. Wow. Yeah. yeah, just had a just had a night. I don't know. Well, that's what that's why I referred to it. I don't know why. I just had a good feel about it. Mm. I sort of felt a bit felt a bit sorry for. I think, yeah, I probably did feel a bit sorry for given given how good that Cray team got to play in front of one hundred and fifty people. You almost feel for them a bit, actually. It's and that's at best, a, Andy. That's at huh? best. That's at best. Huh? Yeah, yeah. So, so that's a bit that's a bit harsh, isn't it, for players of that standard to have to. Um, have to do that kicking towards effectively kick, they're kicking towards an empty goal, weren't they, in the first half? That, that it's sort of desolate. So, so I feel for them a bit. So it's so, so, so tough. So you can see why why the lads who who come to Hastings, it must be an absolute buzz to go out there and and play. You know, you've always got a good two hundred plus following you away from home, and then the the crowds at the pilot field as well. Yeah. Yeah, you can see the difference it makes. You could tell from the highlights, even the Cray highlights <laughs> were put out. You could hear, you could hear us singing, um, even when we were, even when the Cray were attacking. It was, it yeah. was nothing from them. Which, which, that's their problem. That's not our problem. We've got great support. Yeah. Talking of great support, Howard, right? How many yeah. shoot? How many shoots did we get out? Oh, we got quite a few, didn't we? we? Got a few. Um, one for the goal as well, sir. Remember? Oh yeah. Was, yeah, I remember that. And I I got a really good video I thought of the Jack Dixon goal at the weekend. Um, uh, I mean, what an incredible goal that was! But no, he whipped it in, and um, I could see Jack Dixon, you know, running into the box, and it was almost like a Ronaldo s sort of goal, really. But no, I thought sure, first, Jack Dixon, I love you, mate. <laughs> Ronaldo, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, but I thought in the first half, I thought um, Cray were much the better team. Um, they sort of dominated us throughout the whole half, I thought, really. Um, kept us really quiet, apart from maybe in set plays. Second half, I thought um, we were more aggressive. You know, we were quicker to the ball and we gave it more of a go, I thought. You know, um, I don't know what was said at half time, but we were a, a different team, I thought. So but it was a a good day out, I thought. No, Howard. I, I, I just got. Hang on. I know who hasn't got anything to say. Leon, have you got anything to say? About <laughs> <laughs> um, he wasn't here, was he? No, no he wasn't. No, I'm. No, thanks thanks to you guys for uploading those videos, like Howard John. I think um, there's another guy near. It was right by the corner when Has took that corner. You've got some good footages. Yeah, for guys like me that can't go, it's nice to sort of pretend that Keep I was there. Keeping Amazon in business, <laughs> yeah. And I was the annoying <laughs> thing is, if, if I got a bit of a move on my on my rounds, I probably could have actually made it. But it was amazing, actually, how easy the travelling was, Leon. Because we left at, I picked Chris up at twelve thirty, and we were comfortably parked at about ten to two. Yeah. I thought because we were going into South London, it might be yeah, a bit chaotic, yeah. and it was it was absolutely given where we went to. It was a cracking, cracking journey there and back, actually. And then they I don't know about how where anybody else parked. I know that John 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 blagged his way into the car park by pretending <laughs> it was a cray fan. <laughs> keep your eye on him, Billy. Keep your eye on him. He'll have that Russian hat back on. I just got a bit annoyed the fact that it was posted somewhere that they weren't letting any of the Hastings fans into their parking area. And they barely get enough to call to fill it anyway. Of the home supporters, so the car so park I, was empty. I had to park down the road. 
As yeah. I, I turned up, I said to Ollie, let's hide our scarves under the seat. And the guy, the security guy interrogated, are you Cray? And I said, yeah, we're here to watch Cray. <laughs> <laughs> he had that look of on his face and he was he, that knowing look. But in the end, the queue was building up. So he, he just let me in. I'm surprised they didn't know the fans personally on the gates there, actually. So, how, so, you, so you did quite well there. And really, you said, don't sound like a Londoner. No. <laughs> the other thing I to say quickly, how all Howard's um, repertoire of shoo, uh, <laughs> my favourite shoot of the season was a couple of games ago when we had a penalty. <laughs> Or the play and thought, uh, it was just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. no, I, 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 do it oh. for, I thought I'd just do it for a laugh, you know. It was good. It was funny. Superb. I, I just, I, I just like a little bit of banter behind there. Have a bit of a laugh. You know? It's just all part of the fun, and it is. It's just a, a such it's a bit silly, but such a diverse lot of supporters. Uh, support. want to be silly, Howard. We wouldn't want to be silly. Yeah. Oh, no. It's a very serious business, don't you know? I'm sure it's it's like that in the main stand, isn't it, Andy? No frivolity in the main stand. I'll tell you what, the main stand is starting to get a little bit a little bit naughty, Chris. I'm not going to lie. Isn't it just? Uh, Yeah, it's it's coming on. It's coming on. Uh, You know, uh, it's louder than it. It's getting louder and louder. Good. And I've not heard get it forward for the last four or five times. <laughs> <laughs> He's on holiday. I'm, I'm delighted with, to be fair. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they, they, they're going all guns blazing in the main stand now. They are. There's a bit of a wall of sound that comes from there, which is which <laughs> is quite good. It's just the, the, whole, the whole atmosphere in the ground is fantastic when we got over a thousand there. Mm. I'm sure chanting... Um, get into them, rock them up. Uh, yeah. Okay, but... Oh, but you don't want them to get too lively, otherwise the thing might collapse. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's for later. That's for later. Now. Yeah, we'll, we'll move on to that. Yes. Yeah. We're gonna... <laughs> that, that's withstood all the storms and hurricanes you can think of. That main stand. Whoever built that was fantastic. Let's just say that. I think the thing I love about the main stand is there's quite a lot of um, old, old, old geezers and even and 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 their misses and all that sort of thing, and that they've really seen some things. Some of those people. So, so this season, you know, that this season for them, getting this team promoted and getting up is quite a reward because sometimes I think it's quite easy for us to often forget just how many how many years some of those people have put in in that main stand, and so this must be. This must be great for, for some of them because of that. What I find interesting, what I find really interesting is the reaction after that game from um, Cray's um, Twitter saying, wishing us all the best in the Premier Division next year. And Ashford's match report from their game saying the best they can hope for is the playoffs. Mm. So it's like everyone's given up. There's still games to play. Like We're not treating it like we're, we're done. We've still got a job to do. But it's just the mentality thing. Maybe some clubs just don't have that same sort of mentality. Yeah, that, those playoffs are going to be really... I mean, let, 
Should be a, very good. up in the playoffs, those mm. playoffs are going to be really competitive. So you'd want your team to be finishing the season mm. in top gear anyway to get into the play to get going into the playoffs, aren't they? Because they're going to be they are going to be um, quite watchable. I think those playoffs actually when they when they get down to it. But the thing is, it's not done. Like and and how these teams can act like it's done already. That's just. That's all met down to mentality for me. Yeah. Like if even if if we were in Ashford's position now, we wouldn't be saying it's done. We wouldn't be saying the best we can offer is the playoffs. If it's mathematically possible, you do everything you can to try and catch up and hope for the best. Um, I just think it's just it's just. I, I, when I saw it Saturday night, I was I felt embarrassed for him to be honest. Not uh, not that I dislike anyone at Cray Valley at all, but I just felt embarrassed that these teams had to tweet that when really. I say Cray Valley, maybe, yeah, that's a bit too far out now and they're good people and I hope they do make the playoffs. But Ashford's just, well, they're still in it. I know they're, they're 10 points behind, but seven games to go. I disagree a little bit, Billy. I think um, I think if you're 10 points behind or, or more um, and uh, the team that you sort of look up to uh, for most of the season is still winning, you know, and it's uh, and the games are going by gradually. You know, each one at a time, and you're not really catching them up because they're picking up three points. Um, I think they're actually looking at it that they can go into the playoffs with in the right position. If you see what I mean, that you get a home advantage first, or that you go in with confidence. <laughs> and I think you know that that's their problem. They're looking at Hastings, thinking we can't catch them if they keep winning. We can't catch them, so let's make sure we're in. We've got all our players back. Let's make sure we're going in into the playoffs in the best that we can. We can go into. Um, I'm, I'm sure that you know, possibly they've not given up totally, but they're probably you know, they, they, there's got to be a situation where they're looking down, thinking, well, they've got to lose four games out of seven, and they haven't lost four games all season. So you know, we um, we're we're struggling here, you know, so it, um, and they're looking at the fixtures that we've got left and thinking, well, you know, are they going to lose it against seven out? Probably not. They're going to lose it against three bridges. Probably not. You know, we, we've not got any of the top teams to play anymore. So, you know, they're, they reside to the fact of getting their team ready for the playoffs. Malcolm, I'm almost in tears, mate, for them. I'm almost well, in tears. I'll, I'll, I'm welling yeah. up now. I'm welling up. Well, I've had Ramsgate and Cry, and uh, I've had them all ring me up and say, "What do you think?" Hmm. Um, you know, but <laughs> <laughs> and you should take credit, Billy. It's um, it's it's the Hastings team that's made them feel like that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I so always remind I always remind people where we were. Yeah, when Cray Valley came to us early this season, and where we were, and how we how how most people felt after that game. Hmm. But we've we've dug in. The lads are phenomenal, yeah. absolutely phenomenal. Now, Chris, it had been about a twenty-seven point turnaround or something. Yeah, it's like it worked out. It was about a twenty-seven point turnaround since the Cray Valley game at home. Love it. That's how big it is. Love that. Yeah. Wow. We're not, we're not talking about your nickname again, are we, Andy? Right. We'll move along from there. <laughs> talking of uh, magnificent, please, Billy. Tell us uh, the, the the result against Acorns. Oh, yeah, yesterday. Seen yeah. it on Twitter. See, I saw the highlights. I obviously saw Wayne there because you could see him with his shorts yeah. on. Uh, what goals 
what drama tell us about it it was horrible uh, <laughs> so so the women's situation is simple we, we before yesterday we had got seven games to go acorns are top they were at the at the time i think not nine points or ten points clear um we have to effectively win all seven games to win the league, including beating them. So it was in our hands, but we still had to go there and play them. So we went 1-0 down quite early. Against the runner play, I must add, but we still went 1-0 down. We equalised with an own goal just before half-time. And literally a minute later, um, they got a penalty. So one of their players running in front of our right-back, Lauren Sharp, literally just, they clipped, clipped hills. Player went down outside the box, by the way. Mm. Outside the box, and the penalty was given. Blair then saves the penalty, yeah. and it gets retaken. But well, was that because she moved? Because she moved is that what they're the saying? Did, yeah, but did she? Yeah. I mean, was it... she she dived, and you know, supposedly she dived too far forward. Which, looking back at once again the footage, not very clear at all. Mm. Um, so they they put the penalty away. They were two one up at half time. Uh, made made a couple of changes just in our shape, but. Kind of similar to the, the men's game. I kind of felt quite comfortable as well that we'd get back into it. But knowing that if we didn't, it was, it was game over. But the girls fought back. They worked so hard. Georgia Tibble does what Georgia Tibble does best and scores an absolute rocket from outside the area to drag us back in. Then Claire Johnson went, you know, scores a header from a, from a free kick. Go 3-2 up. We, we last 15 minutes, a bit of pressure, dealt with the pressure. They went up the other end in the 89th minute and scored the fourth to, to seal it. And um, the girls worked hard and they deserved it. They really, really dug in. Um, and the team spirit is very much like the men's in the sense that they are really are hardly working for each other. They believe that they've got it in the sense that whatever the, whatever it takes to win, they'll do. I think it's just a, a mentality around the club at the moment that we just want to, we want success and we're all pulling, pulling in the right direction. We all want to do the right things. Um, and uh, I don't know that putting on a Hastings shirt seems to give people superpowers because adversity comes comes at us and we seem to go for it every time and with the women that reminds me very much so of the, the game when they won the league last year which was a, which was a winner takes all game as well and um, it had so many similar aspects that it felt like everything was against us especially with the penalty yesterday um, but we, we came through it and we won and um it was it was a well deserved victory, that's for sure. Yeah, from I mean, from what I could see of the highlights, that the, 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 in terms of style, uh, they can play with finesse. They can they can play. I mean, take some they have some fantastic goals. That that long shot was oh, it was gorgeous. Brilliant. And then, but also you can play a little bit of industrial football as well. Yeah, you know, and 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 get get it either way, which is what you need to do to win a league. You can't just you know you can't just be. Uh, one-dimensional team. No, and I think, um, look, AFC Acorns were well up for it and um, they've got some very good players in their team and I just think it was, it was just a battle and there was a lot of nerves from the girls to start with, a lot of nerves because, look, we know that it's seven cup, well, from before yesterday, it was seven cup finals and we've got to win them. It's as simple as that. So, we went in that with a little bit of nerves and I think, just calmed it down, relaxed, understood that we had time, another 45 minutes to go, take your time, relax. All we've got to do is get into it at all and we'll be fine. And we did. And we did what we do best. And 
yeah, um, Georgia Tibble just always turns up at the right point with a goal like that. She seems to just pull out the bag, seems to be what she does best. But it wasn't just that, it was the hard work across the pitch. They all were, you know, defending for their lives at 3-2 up, working hard for each other, never got on each other's backs. And um, rightfully so, still in it, and it's in our hands. And off yeah. to Herne Bay on Sunday. Well, I did want to mention just one thing. Like with a lot of your games getting cancelled through no fault of our yeah. own, that must be so difficult for the women's team. That you know, if you're not getting regular matches, and you no, have to it's frustrating in the sense that we were meant to play Bexhill last week. Little Commons pitch was was not fit to be played on. But the most annoying thing is that they play on the 3G every single week, but changed our fixture to Little Common, and that gets called off, and they don't can't can't play on their 3G. It's just it, little things like that, it's it's frustrating because when you have a gap in the schedule as well, and it's not being arrogant, but you ask teams who who are, are, want friendlies to play you and they don't want to play you. And like, we went all the way to Dulwich and played Dulwich, Dulwich Hamlet's reserves two weeks ago. We had to, That's how far we had to go for a friendly. Mm. We go there and they're the equivalent there. If they win their game in hand, they go top of the equivalent division in the London South East League, the North Division. And we go there and beat them 8-0. And, it, and it's not, no disrespect to, to the team, but it's just not a worthwhile exercise. So mm. we're doing what we can. We're taking our stride every week, trying to do what we do best and, and, and grind it out. But the fact that we've got to win all the games is making it hard and making it interesting. And, and it's, it is a pressure point that we've got to deal with. But we've got a bunch of winners in our team and across the pitch from the experienced players like your Claire Johnson, Sean Hevers, um, to even your younger players, like such cool heads. Megan Critchfield came on with when we went three two up. She's like a, a she plays in the four position, so we went with two fours, and she was just such a calm, cool head at the age of 18, 19. Just it's unreal. Uh, but yeah, that's the quality in the side. But it is frustrating, Chris, when you go to that point about the games. But we're now playing to the 8th of May, so. <laughs> It's just unreal. Our pitch won't even be... Our pitch is getting ripped up the day after that. So hopefully no other games get, get moved back even more. Because it's, it's meant to be off-season. So like the, the lads will be finished. The lads will be finished, hopefully, champions in, in IB for partying. Mm. But the girls have still got to do the job. Billy, bit of a silly question, but because uh, all games are winnable. But um, the next, what, six games now, because that was it's one out of the way, yeah. are they all winnable? Yeah, every game's winnable. We've every team yeah. we're playing, we've beat already this oh, okay. season. Um, Herne Bay will be a test on Sunday. So if I had to categorise the I, the seven games that we had left before the weekend, AFC Acorns was obviously top there. But, you know, they're top of the league. They've only lost to us in the league. Um, this Herne Bay game is probably up there, Mount. To be honest, it's, right. okay. it's up there. Good side, um, experienced side. I think people forget that. We've only had a women's team for this is our second season. Yeah, we're treated as favourites, and and it, it's it, it's tough to take. But you know, it, I guess it's the respect that we're showing women's football that we're we're doing it that way. But that'd be a hard game. Well, in a way, could be a tough one too. And the last game of the season now is against Bexhill. So, yeah. whilst we still got five cup finals before them, it'd be quite poetic to play your your local rivals who have unfortunately had the game postponed a couple of times in your final game to go and win the league. It'd be quite nice. Yeah. yeah. But we've got to get there first. And well, yeah. Kind of yeah. It yet. <laughs> yeah. 
Beck, Beck Sill will be fired up. So I, I saw the game at the pilot fields. And, um, I, I mean, like I thought Hastings were clearly the better team, but because it was a local, a local derby, like Beck Sill were clearly fired up for for that game. So yeah, to have them last game will be, be brilliant. Tough uh, challenge that, for you, but that yeah. was an enjoyable game. The, the one thing we missed in that game, we were missing a couple of players that day as well. Um, you know, some of our, you know good attacking options were missing that day, like. Our top goal scorer Sean was missing. I think um, Claire Johnson was missing that day as well. Um, I think Georgia Tibble was suspended as well. So when you add a little bit more quality into that, when we when we turn the screw, not many teams I believe at this level can live with us. And it's shown that we've played in the the North Division. We've played Dorking, Dulwich, Hackney. Um, what else we played in that division? Walton Casuals, and we've decimated every team in that league and I think we just got to get the job done this year and get out of this division because our players can play much higher mm. how, how long because I think we talked about that amongst ourselves a while ago Billy was how many how long do you think it'll take for them to find there because they've got to go through the levels how long do you think before they find their level well we, obviously, we, obviously we, the sky is the limit but when um, be, gen, be sort of regularly competitive that'll also help the regularity of games won't it yeah, well, next year, if if we go up or, or you know, when we get the job done, you, you're looking at, in that division, you have Millwall, mm. Worthing, a good side, great, you know, great coach as well there. Um, Dulwich Hamlet, good side as well. There's some really good sides in that division. New London Lionesses as well, good team. So it, it will be a lot more competitive next year. Yeah. But I think that the key for us has been recruitment and bringing in players and, and selling our dream to them, really, because you don't attract the players that we've got at step six by just being a, another team. I think we've we've kind of sold the the aspirations of the club. It's not to stick in step six women's football for ten years, and it's a social team. It's, that's not what it is. It's a uh, treat it very very seriously. Treat treat it with a lot of equality in in what they get, how they get looked after, how they get treated. And, and deliver on, on our goals. So we want to get to, and, it, and I always sound silly saying this, but the men, we really want to be a, a football league club. And we think Hastings is a town, as a town with the you know the people in it, not necessarily the councillors, but <laughs> the people in the town deserve and can have a football league club. Um, there's issues there. We'll get to that later. And I genuinely believe... Soon, Billy, really soon. Yeah, and I genuinely believe that the women, the, the our aim is to get to National League South as quick as possible, whether that's promotion after promotion after promotion, I don't know. But I do know that a double promotion was the first the first thing for us to try and do it twice. And we're, we're on the cusp of that. And then when we get into League Above, it's, okay, how do we recruit players from clubs around us to come to Hastings um, maybe dropping down a couple of levels as well. Why would they come to Hastings? And I think it's because the way we treat people. For example, Crawley Wasps, there was an, an issue with one of their, their players recently. I don't know if anyone saw that, where she suffered a, a pretty much career-ending injury and um, didn't really do anything for her. And then gave, gave someone her squad number as well, a brand new player squad number, about telling her and deregistered her as a player. Um, and I think it's... We try to treat everyone with respect 
um, and give back as much as we can to our teams. You know, like the amount of the amount of effort and time spent with the, the men's team and the women's team. Like genuinely, this is my full time life. Hastings United now, and and we want to give everything back to our, our players and and have that relationship with them. And I think that's what drives people to us. Just a quickie, uh, before we move on, um, yeah. <laughs> on your report of the, obviously going back to your report of the game, what's the standard of the refereeing at that level in the, in the girls uh, or the women's football? Well, we, we always request at the pilot field that we have three officials, right? So, I don't like that clubsman doing the line. No. I think it's awful. I don't think it's fair either. We see it, Leon, you see it on Saturday, you know, playing yep. in the Sussex League. You could be one all, you could be miles onside and suddenly the flag goes up and the goal is allowed. And, and, I, and I hate that. Yeah. So like, we seem to get really good refs most times at the pilot field. Away from home, it's been been questionable. Um, at the weekend in a big, big game, they provided one official. Uh, but to be fair to the Linos on that day, their their club's Lino and 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 the, and the person we had to provide, not like they they were fair they were fair and square on the day. No one yeah. no one made any dodgy decisions like from both sides and no. um, the way it should be really. But but the actual effort, like I say, the penalty, it's not just outside the box. <laughs> It's quite far outside the box to the point that when he blows, they set up for a free kick. Yes. And, he <laughs> and you're like, well, hold on a minute. Uh, you can't argue. Once he's given it, you can't, there's nothing you can do. Like yeah. I, was at, I was one of their players who I know messaged me the next day. He said, well, as soon as he gave a penalty, we weren't saying nothing. And like they knew as well. And it's just, it's just, um, it can be questionable. I did feel sorry for the ref a little bit. It was a big game yesterday and there's big characters on the pitch and, and off the pitch and he got a little bit flustered with it at times, but he was a good lad and he said, look, he even said afterwards that was a tough game to officiate. But um, nine times out of ten, it's been okay. Yeah. Um, but it, it can be hit and miss. Right. But yeah, so anyway, three bridges. What are we thinking? Oh, it's three points. <clears throat> bang, three points. Tougher than we think, I think. I don't think it'll be a walkover. Fairly decent team, but we should win. They were fairly decent at their place. I've beaten some decent teams. I don't know. They've beaten Cray. Um, they beat Ashford. I think. Up, well, they're they're, I think they're, they're like form, third in the form, form guys, yeah, isn't form they? They're up there. Yeah. 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 One game at a time, guys. One game at a time. So what do you think, Leon? Are we winning, to, winning on Saturday? Yeah, five nil. <laughs> <laughs> I hope your uh, predict six uh, reflects that as well, Leon. <laughs> I will hold you to that, mate, because it's getting tough. It's getting tight at the top. Oh, I've had a terrible couple, few weeks. Yeah, that last week was terrible. Oh, minute. Yeah, I got yeah zero. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be like two one. I think it's going to be a close game. Okay, so mm. yeah, cheers, Howard. Three uh, nil. Three nil, Malcolm. Yeah. Wills? One all to Hastings. One all to Hastings. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Can we have a, a wood prediction? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> From my end of things, um, I think I'm, com- I'm always confident. Yeah. Us at the pilot field against anyone, like anyone, I think we've got a chance. Uh, so 
as long as we as long as we work hard for each other on the pitch and and we're ready for it and Gary um, Brownie and Meany get everyone up for the game, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Uh, my biggest prediction is we're gonna. I think we're gonna get a huge crowd on Saturday. I think it's gonna be massive. Mm. I've a real big feeling about Saturday. I think. It, the swell's there and I can feel it. People are already talking about Saturday's game. So I could see us getting um, 1,500 plus. Obviously, you know that uh, Pete passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are we going to mark it with um, anything on Saturday? Yeah. Is there anything we're going to do? We, we, we'll, we'll be doing a, a minute's applause for, um, for the life of Pete, Pete Eastman. You know, and actually on that point, on Pete, on Pete, Obviously, very, very, very sad news. Um, I only got to got to get to know him quite a bit in my first year at the club. Uh, very interesting fella. I thought he wouldn't like me because I'm completely different to to how it was before before I um, before I came. Uh, but he was he was a, he was a, he was a, an interesting chap. Did so much for the club uh, from player to to manager, and then obviously he was chairman for. For, for a while as well for Hastings Town and um, yeah just you know genuinely one of those people you know, Andy sort of talks about about the, the main stand one of those guys that been there through thick and thin and been around it and whether you, you agreed with what he said or you didn't he, he, had, his, he had his right to his opinion because he, he's been through the thick and thin of it and it was um, you know he's a life member he was someone that <clears throat> Always sat in the same seat when he was in the director's box until we stopped coming because of obviously how, how things were. But yeah, just an interesting chap. I'll never forget we had a we had a, a philosophy trophy game and he didn't know it was on because it was because it had changed schedule. And he was always shirt tie, always smart, Pete. And he turned up in casuals and jeans, and I couldn't believe my eyes. He was like, I didn't know it was a game. I was like, yeah. No one's in your seat, Pete. Go and sit down. But you know, a, a great guy, and from my end, from from the, from the year I got to get to know him that first year, I, I, I really got a lot of respect for him, and I appreciated him giving me that time and that opportunity to 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 show what I was about. So you know, thoughts with his friends and family. Nice one. Let, let's move on to uh, Hastings Borough Council versus Hastings United. Um, <laughs> Billy, um, this has obviously gone on. Yeah, this is rolling on now for year, this years now. Um, we can say, what well, I mean, what's the current state of things? Uh, the current state is 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 in that statement. Really, I think I genuinely believed that if we did the things that we've done, especially the last two years, what we've done for the town. The free stuff that we do, the projects that we do, some like stuff that we'll do with schools, all those things, or and even just having built that family feel about the place. Where actually, if you go to the ground, it's not just sixty plus year age year olds in the main stand and a couple of people wanting to to swear behind the goal. It's not that anymore. It's, it's it's lot, it, lot, it, lots of people swear behind the goal. Not really gone. Sorry. Yeah. Go no, well, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, kids. That's the kids. I know, I know it is. That's the problem. <laughs> but um, but it, it, it is. It's a mixture. You've got the families. You've got the teenagers. You've got 
you know, the people that have been there for 50 years, you've got the people that are new to it, that feel like like Matt Stacks, who's completely in love, Adam Carter, you know, Adam Carter 18 months ago was a Hastings United fan, right? Now he does our commentary and he lives and breathes Hastings United just as much as you guys on, on here. And I think we've created this real Hastings environment that's so, it's so, it represents the town, I think, when I see the supporters and see the faces, it really is Hastings. It's not just like a random bunch of people that turned up. It really represents our town. We've created something exciting, right? We really have. I genuinely, regardless of what some of the councillors tell me, I generally don't think 90% of anyone that's involved with, with the council or the councillors give a flying about mm. Hastings United Football Club. I don't. And they can say otherwise, and that's fine. Right, and they can tell anyone who to ask them a question about it if they actually, yeah, yeah it's great. I don't think they care. I, I don't. I think I thought what we do. I genuinely thought we'll, we'll win them round and we'll get it moving because it's it's undeniable, right? It's undeniable when success is getting delivered for a local council to back that. Surely, in, in my opinion, whether it's green space or not, right? You have to speculate to accumulate to make things happen. They want to build a million houses in Hastings. So why not take this opportunity to, to do it with us moving to Tolkien, build at the pilot field and tick some of those off? Genuinely, I believe that, and this is my opinion, Darren's very similar, but this is my opinion and it's not facts, but it's an opinion. Yeah, I believe that they they don't they they don't want it to happen. That's the truth, right? That that's what I believe. Mm. I believe the whilst the planning and and loads of people you're you're, you're moaning at the wrong people. It's not the councillors. It's it's the planning committee. There's a reason why, and I might sound suspicious or I might sound like it's a conspiracy theory, but there's a reason why we only get information dripped to us when it's impossible for us to be at planning like the new reports or you need this for a report or you need that right at the last, in the 90th minute, they score an equaliser and let's go to extra time every single time. And it's, it's a little bit suspect, right? And, and I believe that the council in Hastings are scared of doing anything because they've always had egg on their face on any project they've done because they've failed so many times. It's as simple yeah. as that. They always fail on every project. And until someone has a little bit of balls there and actually wants to do something, they're never going to do anything because that's the way they are. And there's a couple of councillors that I have a lot of respect for and I'll talk to them, I'll call them up, have a chat. And I want to believe when they tell me they want Hastings United to do well and it's a great thing what we're doing, I want to believe it. Mm. But sometimes it's hard, Chris, to believe it because... <laughs> Once a councillor said to me on a call, a Zoom call, about six to nine months ago, well, if you don't pick up the phone and tell us what you're doing, how are we going to know? Well, read your local paper, mm. have a look online, have an interest in what we do, right? Mm. Have an interest that we give free sessions. every. We pay for those every mm. week. The facility, because we haven't got facilities, and the coaching to put free sessions on for three to six shows every bloody week. Read about it. It's on there every week. Mm. Have a little bit of interest. The, 
imagine, okay, right, imagine this. Imagine if my pie in, pie in the sky thinking how positive I am that I believe we're going to have football, um, football league, a football league club, right? That's what I believe. Imagine mm. if we did in Hastings, what it would do for the town. I know. Ooh. The amount of money that it would, would come huge. in. huge. Yeah. So if you've got someone, and by the way, financially, we're, we're very secure as a football club. Like Darren, Peter, and I run it. Like We speculate to accumulate at times, but the gates are the gates. The, the sponsorships are the sponsorships. And, and you know, to massive thanks to like people like Continental, to, to people like Hastings Adventure Golf, and players who have invested in massive sponsorship. Little Woods, a lot of them, who've invested in massive sponsorship because they believe that my crazy idea could happen, right? But imagine what what it, what we could be yeah we had facilities right and and people can say all day long in redevelop the pilot field and i get it genuinely i'm there seven days a week i love the pilot field that's what john and, will say no but in in there's john not in a way and and by the way in an ideal world i would love that too because it's history it's it's so the, you feel it, don't you? As, you? as you walk up, as you walk into the ground over the little the little lip, and you see the pitch, <coughs> you feel you feel it, don't you? You feel the the hundred year plus history of the place. You, you do. Um, so of course, would I want to be there? Yeah, of course I do. I, I look out every day, and I'm like, this is amazing. It's like it just needs, like it just needs that that oomph. But when you've got a stand that's a hundred years old that costs thousands every year so it don't break fall down the on right <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you've got on top of that other costs and you want the match day experience to be better so you're so you're bringing in merchandise stands you're doing all these things to make it better for everyone and safer and cleaner and all these other things uh, right now, the, the main stand's having a makeover as we speak. Well, not as we speak, but this week it's getting repainted and stuff to, to, to look better. And I think we do all these things because it's so old. You know, the, the pilot bar, not as old as the stand, right? But it's out of date as well. Mm. The social club, out of date. It's, it, it's all out of date. And it would cost so much money to do and unless we're we're ready to to just lose millions of pounds with no real way of clawing it back, then it's kind of impossible. So I ask and I urge the council admit it. You don't want us to go to Tolkien. Just admit it. Tell us. Say we don't want to 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 put Hastings United at Tolkien on this project. And once you admit it. Come to us with ways that we can get hold of grant money or whatever to do the pilot field. And if we can't, then you risk a massive, massive, a massive chance to lose your, your football club from, from, from the borough. It's as simple as that. Because we will have to think about how Hastings United survives long term. And it doesn't survive long term at the current stadium. Because if that stand falls down, <laughs> can't play at the level anyway. Right? If... If, for example, it's deemed one year, one summer, it comes, to, they come to me and go, Billy, it's got to be condemned. What, what do we do then? 
you know. So the long-term future at the pilot field without serious investment isn't there. So we might have to look at sites in Rover. And if we do that, that would mean in, in the next couple of years, Hastings as a, as a town under under the councillors and under, under the mind-numbing situation that we're in, cricket is going to leave the town yeah. to go to Rover. Mm-hmm. And football will. And they won't get their hands on the pilot field because we have the lease for it. So we might build somewhere else. And what we do is we'll just train at the pilot field. There you go. Mm. Like, we're not going to surrender the lease. No chance. So mm. they've got to come to us and say, look, we do believe we're not lying. We believe in what you're doing at the football club. And we think it's great. And we want to support that. And this is what we can do. And this is how we can do it. But they kind of have not done that yet. I want Paul Paul Barnett to do that. I'm urging him to do it. Come on, let, let's get, get out of our comfy seats and do something now. Let's do it. You know, Andy Batsford, all the time. I've actually got all the time in the world for Andy. But don't be frustrated, Andy. Help. Like, yeah. come on. I may have missed something, Billy. I mean, uh, but in, what's the situation now? What are we um, sitting on? Are they waiting for more information from us? Are they Again, waiting for yeah. new so, planning? Or are no. they... But the ecology report, they want more on the ecology report that we've done, right? Which they've told, they've had this ecology report for ages and they tell us seconds before the deadline on the day where we've been chasing for weeks. And then on on top of that, what's really, really frustrating is it just doesn't feel like it actually is that. Mal, do you know what I mean? It doesn't actually feel like it's that. It feels like politics are in play. Billy. I've got a recommendation at, at the new stadium. If you put in like a nice little art gallery and an expensive coffee shop, and I reckon they'll be all over that. <laughs> Andy will be there. Like, literally. Yeah. Permission. Aww. There you go. It, it does like this. It does. It obviously like the last few years, like we've had, we've had, you know, loads of people come down from London. You've got a wonderful creative community. You've got loads yeah. of great people, but it, it's like the council want to cater for that crowd. Don't they? And they forget that Hastings is, predominantly a working class town it's mm. you know it's deprived isn't it you've got you you saying earlier like you look at the crowd you get at Hastings it's such a mix mixture of people that's Hastings Hastings yeah. isn't just an artist you know sort of fancy warming me up now Leon you're warming me up about the <laughs> no, no, but Leon you're right and like from, from my end of things yeah I wasn't born in Hastings but I moved here when I was nine. This is my hometown, right? That, that's it. And I'm from a very working class family that we fought for everything that we ever had and didn't have everything as kids. And my salvation as a teenager was going up the road, to, just like Howard, you scout the road to, to Stamkos and Ennis, right? That was, that was my thing. Yeah. And, and, I, and I think what we're trying to do is give something back. Like I, People can talk to me about teenagers do this in this town and the crime and all this sort of stuff. But what we're trying to do is get them to come up the pilot field and be part of something and be part of the success because there's no better feeling. And, and, and I, I know all of you feel the same. Then at 5.30 on a Saturday, when the game's, when the final whistle's blown, you've had that half hour of like celebrating it and that, that feeling, that feeling you can't, you, can't, you can't take that away. And to give that to the town with success through football is so much more valuable than just us winning games of football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So much more valuable, and 
and the, the sense of belonging, the sense of being something with a pride attached to it. Hastings as a town has got worse and worse with sporting facilities, not just football. It's not just about football. With sporting facilities in this town have got incredibly dry for decades and it's embarrassing. And do you know what? The fact of a town this size of Hastings doesn't even have one full-size 3G pitch shows me where we're at. And I was actually asked to run in the, in the next elections, which I rejected right, by, by, by a party because I don't want to associate myself with any parties right now. But it got me so right. I thought, Joe, I want to I run as an independent because I'm sick of it. I'm genuine, and I want to run against someone that I think is holding the, the town back because I'm just genuinely sick of watching it happen. And we need to do more. Like, like, and we can vote them out and vote someone else in. Yeah. But as soon as anyone gets in, all they want to do is sit on their hands, take their little bit of money and pl- try and please their ward of, of people that moan. That's it. It's, it's a joke. Sorry, I went really off the tangent. No, that's, that's all right. No, <laughs> so just a, a few questions. I mean, I, I want to ask yeah. you, obviously, about this ecology report. Yeah. So we've put this ecology in, report in. Yeah. And so when, when you send this thing in, do yeah. they accept it? Yeah, they take it in, and yeah. then they. And then why know, are they waiting to the lot? I mean, surely there's an appeals process with this. I mean, this this seems like archaic. Do you know what I mean, like, Chris? I'm going to tell you something, okay? He's going to do a wrestling the planning application well. is an outline planning app. So all yeah. they have to do is put something in there saying this: if this planning gets gets done, you have to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So we could do that afterwards. They don't want us to go. They don't want us to go. Like, and it's the first this time. This is costing money, though. This is costing you lot money, I'm sure. Yeah. So the, the, doing these things. Yep. Can you not drink? Bill them. Well, they be allowed. I've got a drink, thanks. So, yeah. so when they drew up the lease, we had to pay the legal fees to draw up the lease, right? Oh, okay. You know, and I say we. This is where the credit credit goes to Darren and Peter because obviously this is a project that long started before me. And they've spent six figures so far. Six figures, which could have gone on my budget and we could have got two, two leagues by now. You know, he, so... He's not weird. Hang on. Sorry, sorry. Bill. Who's that? Right, right. <laughs> Howard has gone for a wee or something. Oh, just no. Him... No, he's that what he thought? He's doing his own ecology report. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. I'm making, I'm making a cuppa, actually. Oh, there he is. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> But, but right, yeah, yeah on that on that like yeah, I just, yeah I don't know I just I feel I, I just feel it's and I've never as everyone knows I've always been we're going to get this we're going to do it we're going to do it we're going to do it because I've nearly had no one at the council say otherwise I feel it now I actually feel it and I'm not normally wrong do you feel it's a culture there Billy yeah or do you feel they're restrained by um, the funding that they get, central government type of thing. But it's don't they get money for, for meeting housing quotas? Yeah. Haven't they got to like build so many houses within the next X amount of years and then they get money? So you go, here's what, eight, eight, is it 80 dwellings on the pilot field? Yeah. Something but like that, yeah. But right next know. to Tony Butcher as well. Yeah, well, Tony. See, I struggle to understand <laughs> it because we don't get this problem in Kent. So it's. It's just got to be a Sussex thing. Do you know what? <laughs> Culture-wise, I, I, I think that there's a couple of things at play. 
I think at first, I think they were really um, not against, but I think they felt Darren and Peter being outsiders from the town. I don't think they thought it was. I think they were quite hands off, right? And this is me once again. It's an opinion. It's not facts. All right? I don't want the councillors calling me on Thursday morning, Chris, when this is out. I'm saying, mm. Billy, what you're talking about. But I genuinely think they they fear it. I think they fear outsiders in that sense. Um, <laughs> I don't think they believe in what we're doing. Like what I mean by that is, I think they. I think you know they obviously had. You know, oh, it's horn tie, isn't it? Was it horn tie cricket? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm confused which one's what. I think they built that with all the, the will in the world. Obviously, we all know why that was built. Right, we all know what they wanted to do with the town centre, but uh, we're losing county cricket, and and really that whole thing's become a bit of a white elephant, a bit of a problem, um, especially before COVID, a bit of a problem uh, financially. Mm. I think they get a little bit scared. I think they think that we're gonna move to a new stadium, do half of it, not do the rest, and then then claim poverty or something, or it's gonna go wrong. Well, the fact of the matter is, because they've delayed it so, so much, the cost of the build has probably gone up by about two, like two million quid because everything's gone up. All the prices have gone up. So mm. it's a project that is hard to deliver, even with planning anyway, because of the changes in the world in the last two years. But at the same time, it's like Darren and Peter do this for a living, right? It's what they do especially Darren, it's what he does. And it just blows my mind. It's like, they, they can't get it because they're just, they're just like, well, everywhere else we do work, it doesn't, this never happens. I don't know. I just, I don't know. Maybe, is it the pilot field? Is it the fact that it's not about Tolkien really? Is it about the pilot field? Is it a case that the residents or, or maybe some councillors live locally? I don't know. Like, do they not want more housing there? Like, is it a case that they that they want to stick their nose up at potential housing that could be opposite them? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but all I do know is, and I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you this: I'm not stopping at pushing this club in the sense of I'm not stopping at trying to get us the biggest gates we possibly can get, the the best we can possibly get league wise. Whatever we, whatever it takes, we will be competitive wherever we go and try and win everything we, we're in. And we'll get to a point where three, 4,000 people have to come to the pilot field, right? And I'll tell you what, every single resident around there is going to hate me even more than they do now because there'll be nowhere to park. There'll be nowhere to park <laughs> for miles, right? There'll be cars parked on every single double yellow there possibly is. It will be chaos. They will hear noise after noise after noise because there'll be 4,000 cheering Hastings United Sports every time we win. It's going to be hell. So either try and help us with the infrastructure we have, like I went back with the council, they want yeah. to start the pilot field, or help us find a site. You know, don't, don't push a site for so many years to us and then make it impossible to go to, which feels like that's what they're doing. Well, just one quick question. The planning application itself, is it time limited? Well, we all know that they're meant to be a certain amount of months, right, before like, you can start kicking up a fuss. I think from our end of things, it's not. But it's also how far can you, how far do you keep pushing it, Chris, to mm-hmm. the point where it's like, what do you need to do? Uh, Darren's not an idiot. Uh, Darren and Peter aren't idiots. These aren't, this ain't, 
Mr. and Mrs. Smith down the road doing a report for 20 quid, right? This is it's a lot of money. It, and by people that do a lot of big projects, they're not idiots. It's not a bad plan in application. It's not a bad, but it's not a bad scheme. It's not a bad anything. It's just, yeah, it just, I don't know. I, 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 and, and you all know this because everyone's asked me about the ground since I've come in. I've been very positive. I don't think anyone's seen me be this agitated by it, but but now I am. But what is the alternative, Billy? I mean, at the end of the day, like you say, it's 100-year-old debt stand and you'll get 4,000 people down the pilot field. Um, is that possible? I mean, I've, I've heard rumours that there's going to be a stand over the far side. I know even if the, the council said tomorrow, yeah, OK, you can have it, let's all go ahead. It's going to be a couple of seasons before that's playable up there. Um, so the pilot field has still got to be used. Yeah. Um, so is there going to be any new developments at the pilot field to cater for 4,000 people? You know, it's... Um... Well, as it stands, we can, with, with, with what we've got, look, the, the rumours of a new stand, I don't want to go too much into that now, but but we're looking at, we're always looking at ways what can we do better and how can we make it better and how can we take away the, the variable? So what people don't realise is there's a wind speed limit on the main stand, which isn't actually that high, but it's on an average. So knowing that we had the high winds the other day, the average wasn't hitting the limit, which craziness, but it wasn't hitting the limit. Right. Um, that, that if, if for one minute, suddenly that's high, a game, gets, game can get called off because we have no main stand. So we have to have that little bit, a little bit in our mind as well, because not only could no one sit in it, but no one could get changed in it. Um, right. You know, the whole, the whole shebang. Yeah. I think pilot field in its current state, um, oh, well, out, the main stand's probably got about five years left in it. Like concrete's not meant to last over, over hundred years. Right. No. <laughs> it's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's still standing, but it is, and it's safe. But, it's, sorry, it's passing the safety regulations. Every year, every year, John. It seems like they're there just to to delay or to say no to things. But really, you think uh, with a responsible um, committee or body of people that they'd be coming up with alternatives, you know, or, or, or saying how they're going to support us either staying there or looking at a different option if the, you can't just say no to something without Absolutely. credible reasons without saying this but this is how we'd like to support you with this or that and well, that's just what i'm hoping avoiding tactic more than more than anything else john john if the council come to me and say billy we've got an idea and this is what we want to do to support and we can support it, and it's not going to leave us with with severe debts, let's just say, because we're not going to do that to this football club. Like all the, literally, all, everything's been paid for to this point. And if they come to us with an idea, then great. But come to us, like we're not, we're easy to get hold of, like especially myself, and. And I'll talk to anyone about making things better for our football club. I feel that for the first time that genuinely they've never wanted it. And it's just been send them down the line and see how quickly, 
let's see how quickly these Essex builders get bored. That's what I think they've been doing. It sounds to me, John, you're saying about them making decisions. I, th- I think people like that, their mindset will be to not have to make a decision in the hope that the likes of Billy give up. And that's their, sure. that's their game, yeah, that they, they don't want to make a decision and they will just hope people give up and take, so they don't have to make a decision. And I also, I, uh, I, I, to, sorry, also so coming back to what Leon said about cafes and that, I wonder whether there is a, a mindset of, of what they think Hastings can be. And I don't know about outsiders, Billy, but they seem to be very, very open to the, I'm not averse to going down to St. Leonard's, okay, fair enough, but, but they're, very, they're very open to the right sort of outsiders. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Um, try and go down, go down to Heist on a Saturday evening and see what, see, you know, they, they love all that. I'll afford it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> too right. And um, it's, uh, I wonder whether they're uncomfortable. They were comfortable with the club being the size it was and they're uncomfortable with what they're having to deal with now. They, they, Maybe. It was much happier when the club was out of sight, out of mind. And we yeah. won't be that. We will no, not I know. be out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And, and we will be, and we are, one of the driving forces in this town now. We are. Like, mm. how many Hastings United shirts, training tops do you see around Hastings now? Yeah. They're everywhere. Like, it is, it is, it is. They can, I mean, they can do what they like and they can try to get their faces into supplements and all that sort of thing, like they do. But Hastings is still, it is a working class town, yeah. still, Leon. It really is. And that's the reality of it. And um, is there, is there any, is there any, anyone you can lobby anyone you can can you get people up the yeah. ground to people who are sort of friendly identify the, people you can get up the ground the mp the mp can we not lobby her? Get, yeah, now can, i don't uh, think now is a good time to get them there because if you're gonna no, it'll never be much better in the near future than it is at the moment to get someone up there and to appreciate what's actually happening look, i think that the truth is the council i think our statement We'll get a reaction from that, and it's the time to to shit or get off the pot, really. Mm. From well, them, but Billy, do you remember a few weeks ago? I was talking to you and Chris in the clubhouse, and I said when I was out delivering, I bumped yeah. into a few Labour people putting leaflets through doors and that, yeah. and I thought, oh, I'll ask you know what, what the hell was happening. You know, I was polite, obviously, yeah. but you know, I wanted to ask what, what was happening. <laughs> yeah, fuck off. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, I asked the first guy, and he's like. No, no idea. Yeah, no idea. Like, I'll ask, ask. Um, I think she's like deputy mayor. I'll, you know, she, she'll, she'll know. I said, and she said, "Oh, have they, um, have they, like, applied for planning?" And I'm thinking, yeah, like, yeah, you should know, surely. And yeah, and then they, you know, sort of asked me, "Oh, you know, are you for or against it?" And obviously, you know, I said, "I'm a fan. I play grassroots football, so I'm, yeah, definitely for." But that's just the sort of. Yeah, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell you that, right? If, if for example, what I think is true that they don't want to build in Tile Kings, they want to protect it or whatever, all they're protecting is free dog shit pitches. Yeah, yeah. I've played what up there. Whatever, I've played up okay, what anyone says, I, I played on those pitches for, for many, many years as well, right? Locally. And as a kid as well, I, you know, when I was at Salinas, we, we played at Tolkien. And People talk about dog walkers and stuff like that. Do you know what you see on at that Tolkien? People on little little petrol motorbikes yeah, yeah. ragging the hell yeah. out of the place, right? 
because that's what it, <laughs> that's what it is. That's a nuisance, isn't it? Yeah, and all so, these people I'm, I'm telling you this, this right? They haven't got a clue when it comes to the sporting facilities in this town because we ain't got any. So now we're a, we're a success story. Hastings United this year, eighth of May. By the eighth of May, we'd had the men crowned. Hopefully, like everything crossed, toes a lot crossed. Um, the men would have been crowned champions in April. The women would be crowned champions again in May. Right, the under twenty threes champions as well, and the champions of, and Sussex Cup holders. Right, that's success. And we're doing it with no training facilities in the town. None. So, so, so the, the, only, the only other thought is um, the sort, you know, the source, the skate park and that. Yeah. Some of these people, they, they, there was a really good little, um, oh, there used to be that local documentary program and that. And they did a really good half hour. There was a whole half hour on the source and some big BMX competition they had down there and that sort of thing. And that sort of got onto national telly. And one thing, Maidstone managed to get their faces onto Southeast News about their attendances and that sort of thing. Is there any angle of um, getting Southeast News down there or getting getting any sort of TV exposure to try? Yeah. It's very much like um, Maidstone, Andy. I mean, you, huh? you just mentioned them. It's very much like Maidstone. That, the whole scenario that Billy's going through. Yes, um, Maidstone yeah. searched yeah. everywhere for, and they they went from the council, and he kept getting knocked back, and and they couldn't get um, any facilities or any any ground, um, and and then they somehow finally gave in and, and gave them this little bit of land, and it's brought the whole town together, like you say, yeah. the the tendencies they now get, and the whole town has been brought in by Maidstone United Football, so. Why are Hastings Council not looking at that and thinking it's you know, an obvious going down that route, and that's what's happened? You know? It's an obvious model because I think they ended up going. Their site is pretty much a brownfield site. They ended up in down yeah. down there, yeah, down the bottom bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah so so that that is an interesting model, and I mean they like I said they managed to get a bit of local publicity and that sort of thing, and little in, little things on Southeast News and try and. I don't know, and, and that that they are definitely because Maidstone is is what it is, but they they are definitely getting publicity now as something that's good for Maidstone. To be fair, yeah. I think I think PR wise, we probably are, we're probably one of the only clubs that really have had the amount of publicity that we've had, like from like national papers to the to football magazines to obviously the the COVID thing. At Howard said we were in same day. Simultaneously, we had BBC News and Meridian mm. News down. It was great. So we've, we've, we we get that quite a bit. The FA Cup run, we got BBC Sport article as well. So I think the word is out. I, I genuinely think Hastings are looked at as a club in non-league football, as a club that's going to go that way, right? I think people talk about Hastings being like a bit of a sleeping giant that's woken up and it's going to go. And everyone outside knows it. Everyone because everyone, everywhere we go, or anyone I talk to in football, in league football as well, they always go, you know, he's got a great project there. He's got a really good project. Like my friend, one of my friends, he's the, he's the commercial manager, like director at, at Cambridge. And he went, oh, you know, you've got a chance to take a club to the football league. Like genuinely people look at us like that because we're a big town. Like it's not, we're not a baby town of, of 20,000 people. Like it's a big, big place. It's a very well-known seaside town great history 1066 all that 
we're, we're on the cusp of something. It goes back to, for me, council are scared, either don't like sport or genuinely, genuinely don't like success. Now... But the thing is, uh, I think in that, it's difficult. If there's a coach there, if there's a group of people there who don't get football, because... Because if, unless you've grown up with it in your soul, really, I, I think you don't realise how important it is for people, especially if you've got a town where you've got people with struggles and ongoing things. Yeah. Football is so important as an outlet, you know, to channel things into. But see, that shouldn't matter really, because they have a accountability and a responsibility to spend people's money to, and people are voting with their feet to support their local team. It should be something they're behind. If they're truly there to represent people and to look after their interests, then then no matter if they don't get football themselves, they should be looking at the basic figures and statistics which show that what a couple of years ago we were getting 400 through the gate and we yeah. thought that was right. But something's happening here. There's real potential and it it would be a great advertisement for the town as well. So it, it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's just wondering really um, where their interests lie. If you've got an obvious sign that people are back in this club, you know, you've got to, you've got to utilise that if you're in their position. Yeah. But as Billy sort of knocked the nail on the head to, uh, to an extent there, where it's, it's got history and, we all look at Hastings from the outside, uh, being a Kentish person, um, as an oldie, worldy um, coastal town. Um, is that part of it? That they don't want the modernisation of seeing a, a brand new stadium there and they want to stick with the old 100-year-old pilot field. And every, as soon as you go into Hastings area, everything is oldie, worldy to represent that history that they've got. No, they they um, bent over backwards yeah, for Jerwood, didn't they? Yes, going to say they, they bent the, over backwards for Jerwood. Have wrecked everything that's good about the town. If that was the argument, then we'd still see the memorial there. It would have been rebuilt there. These are good aspects of the town. We'd have that fantastic central ground there. They would have put the shopping centre where yeah. the cricket ground went. You know, you had the bathing pool. Fantastic architecture, everything they they've stripped down and wrecked. So I don't, you know, right. I don't the yeah. argument. Yeah. It's more more to it than that, really. Yeah. And I think you're yeah. right, John. I think the football thing's right. I think football is either in your heart or it's not. And yes, look. And on that note, Paul Bar Paul Barnett, councillor Barnett, says that you know sport, and he and he seems to be an advocate for sport. And I think he's going to be a more powerful player at the council over the next five, ten years. And I think from my end, I just hope that we can talk, we can pick up the phone and, you know, show a bit of care to, to, to a club that really uh, wears the name Hastings with pride, like we do. Like, so proud. Like, I'm so proud that we get people supporting us the way they are. Get so proud that you know when we go away and it, and you've got the bit that the people are traveling from Hastings to go and watch us, it's amazing. So get behind it, like want us to have the success because 
the more we are successful, better it be. An FA Cup run in 2012, uh, 2013, getting its third round, is great for a couple of weeks when you get in the Sun newspaper. It means three weeks later when you're out of the FA Cup, you're struggling relegation battle. It means nothing. But mm. what does mean something is, is if we are continuously, week after week, seeing what we can do to be better. But I'm telling you something, facilities are my biggest headache. We've got 300 plus kids, maybe 400 nearly, all wearing a Hastings badge with pride that we provide coaching for every every week. And we're trying to get them. They're here, they're everywhere. And it's sad, really. It's sad. When you can go to Eastbourne, there's about 400 3Gs in Eastbourne. There's nothing in Hastings. Well, yeah. listen, we need to we need to wrap this up. Yeah. But what, what one thing I wanted to ask you, Billy, is what can all of the people that are listening, what can what can we do? I mean, what you know what? Do you know what you can do? I'm telling you what you can do. Don't say anything rude. I'm, I'm, I don't care about lobbying the council and all that. I don't, care, don't I really care because I genuinely, I don't think people listen when it comes to that. What we can do is we can keep turning up to the pilot field. We can keep packing that place out. We can keep getting free points. We can keep cheering our boys on, fighting for what we believe in, yeah, and show this town what we're about. Bring an extra friend. Bring an extra family. Mm. Like, just keep doing that. Just do it because we're doing it, right? And we're doing it with, 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 with pure passion in our hearts. I love Hastings. I love this town. I love this club. And, and I'm so grateful that I've got this opportunity to, to run this football club. But we carry on what we're doing. People will be undeniable at some point. And someone's going to have to pull their finger out and do something. And it's going to be down to you lot turning up, working hard for your football club off the pitch while your lads on the pitch and girls work hard on it. It's as simple as that. Good words, Billy. Good words. Well, I think on that note... Thank you. Thanks for no, having me on. Sorry I've really, ranted a lot. No, no. Wait, there's a lot to rant about, mate. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, thank you, uh, Billy Wood, CEO. Uh, Andy. Thanks, Billy. No, you're more than welcome. Uh, shoot! Howard, who, Howard, who makes the tea. Um, Johnny Wills. Uh, Malcolm and Leon, thank you. Thanks, uh, Billy. Thanks, you, Chris. See you at the game, yeah? Yes, see you on Saturday. Three points. See you on Saturday. That's it for another week, Use fans. Another week crossed off for our men's and women's teams. Another set of three points in the bag. And another step closer to the gold. What's not to love? Come on, you Use. As ever, if you want to get in contact with the show or have any suggestions or want to get in on our weekly roundtables, that email again is hufcpod at gmail.com or on the Twitter, which is at hufcpodcast. You can get this podcast on all major platforms, be it Google Podcasts, Audible, iTunes, Spotify or Amazon Music. And we have a jam-packed YouTube channel, chock-a-block full of video interviews and episodes from the podcast. Please, please, please give it a look, a comment or a like, but definitely subscribe. It's all free. All that's left for me to say is, I've been your host, Chris Laverick. Hope you have a good week and see you at the game. <laughs>